the nervous system is actually the bridge between the, the material and the spiritual. And if you, if you were to take the 20% of people on this planet who are highly sensitive and you were to pull them all, I guarantee you most of them are going to say they have some sort of spiritual connection. And I think that when we have a highly attuned nervous system, we have an easier access to uh, metaphysical, the metaphysical world. Welcome to The Sensitive and Soulful Show. If you're the type of person who's often heard that you're too sensitive, you're too emotional, you're just too much, this is your place. Hi, my name is Alyssa Boyer and I'm a mentor for highly sensitive people. My mission in life is to help other highly sensitive souls learn how to embrace their sensitivity as a gift. Each week, I will share tools, tips, and stories for you to learn how to lean into your sensitivity and learn how to work with it instead of fighting against it. I believe the world is a better place when more sensitive, deep-feeling people feel comfortable and confident in their skin, and I can't wait to show you how. So, get comfy, and let's dive in. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Sensitive and Soulful Show. This week, we are bringing you a replay of an episode, a podcast episode that I was on. So I was a guest on my friend Matt Lanzadel's podcast, and his podcast is called Inspired to be Authentic. And in this conversation with Matt, who he is a fellow HSP, by the way, We talked about why it's awesome to be a highly sensitive person, and we actually listed off all of the reasons that we believe it's awesome and really dove into each of those reasons and kind of expanded upon it. And so this is an episode that is sure to have you feeling good and have you feeling confident and empowered in your sensitivity. So I cannot wait for you to dig into this podcast and feel all the good vibes. Welcome to the Inspired to be Authentic podcast. I'm your host, Matt Lansadell. Inspired to be Authentic is a podcast where we converse with people who are living their most authentic lives. We get real with our guests and talk openly about how they live with courage to be themselves. We explore barriers they have overcome to be more authentic and aligned to themselves and their purpose. Today is episode 30. I made it to 30 episodes in my podcast, and I'm joined by a very special guest, Alyssa Boyer. Welcome. Hi, thanks, Matt. Happy to be here. Happy to have you here. Yeah. So today we are going to be talking about why it is awesome being a highly sensitive person. So as of most of you know, I identify as a highly sensitive person. And um, so does Alyssa. So we're going to be unpacking all this juicy stuff today. We're going to be talking a bit about uh, what is a highly sensitive person, um, any common myths or stereotypes, um, what people see as the curse of being highly sensitive. Uh, We'll unpack that a little, but today's mainly going to be focused on what is awesome about it, why we love being highly sensitive people, because there's so many advantages to being highly sensitive, and we want to really highlight those today. So both Alyssa and I are going to share our stories about... um, you know, how we came to discover our highly sensitive nature and what that means for us in our lives and our careers and all that fun stuff. So I'll talk a little bit about Alyssa. So Alyssa is a writer and guide for highly sensitive people and empaths. 
She writes for the award-winning HSP blog, Highly Sensitive Refuge, as well as her own blog, Life by Alyssa. Alyssa is also a certified Reiki energy healer and the founder of the Highly Sensitive and Soulful Membership, where she helps other HSPs and empaths experience greater self-love, confidence, and inner peace through spiritual development. So welcome, <laughs> officially. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. After the big mouthful. Yeah, it totally is. And it's still funny to like listen to someone do a bio of me because I'm like, oh, that's me because I haven't been doing, you know, it's been like two years and it's evolved so much. So it's like fun to to hear that and and be be here today. So, so grateful for the opportunity. And and when you said, you know, we should talk about the awesome things about being an HSP, I was really pumped because I just there's so much out there about why it's so hard to be a highly sensitive person. And I love focusing on like okay, yeah, it can be hard, but like, it's also awesome. And here's why. So yeah, super excited. Yeah, good. I'm glad. I always like to tell my guests how I align to people because it's all alignment that brings me my guests. I don't really go searching for people if they kind of just come to me. And Alyssa and I connected on Instagram as usual for most of my, the people that I attract. And um, I just got this like warm wash of like really positive energy when I started going through her content. And um, so I just reached out and said, hey, listen, I feel very aligned to your, um, your energy and what you're about. Uh, started kind of, you know, navigating through some of her stuff. And I found out she was hosting a, a workshop with uh, Ben Fritz, uh, another highly sensitive uh, man, which was great. And um, I attended the workshop and learned a lot of great stuff from you and Ben, which was great. And um, we're hoping that possibly you and I can do some work in the future. And uh, this is maybe the start of that. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was cool to receive that message from you as such a nice compliment, because that's always what I hope when people come to my page is it just makes them feel good. So to actually have that reflected back to me was like, ah, oh, it's just the nicest thing to hear. So yeah. 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 And I'm excited for all of the things in the future. It's so nice to like, I just, it's funny how Instagram I've connected with so many awesome people that way. Yeah. And, you know, you really can use it as a social tool to connect you with awesome people. So yeah, yeah, really glad we, we connected. Yeah, me too. Me too. I feel at home in your presence and I feel very, it's very easy to just be around your energy because we're so similar. <laughs> totally. <laughs> <It's great>. Yeah. <laughs> it makes yeah. it way easy. It does make it way easier. Uh, okay, well, why don't we start with just unpacking a little bit about what a, a highly sensitive person is. And we're going to use the term HSP, uh, highly sensitive person, and um, we'll go from there. So uh, do you want to start? Yeah, yeah, okay. I can start. Okay. Um, so highly sensitive person is somebody it's, it's a per, it's a trait. It's not a um, disorder. It's a trait. Uh, I believe that most of us are born with this trait. It, about 20% of the population is highly sensitive. And really the trademark of being highly sensitive is you have a sensitive nervous system. So we're, and our brains work differently. So we're constantly picking up external stimuli. We are noticing small details around us because we're really like, I always think of it as like, I don't know. It's like, we're missing a barrier. Sometimes I feel like this isn't like actual science, but it feels like you're missing a barrier between yourself and the rest of the world. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's like, everything is like <laughs> loud noises are like piercing to you. Like yeah. itchy fabric is just like annoying. Like I used to change like 10 times a day as a kid. Cause I needed to feel incredibly comfortable and in whatever I was wearing. So sensitivity, it's like, yeah, it's the way you process information as well, because you're sensitive. Like you're noticing 
all of the things around you. You're, if you're outside, you, you know, you're noticing all of the leaves on the trees and the, the warmth of the sun. Like we're just very in tune with things around us. Um, we tend to be very empathetic. We have more, I think it's more active mirror neurons in our brain, which is what allows us to really actually understand how a person feels and what their intentions are. So we tend to just really connect deeply to other people. Most of us don't love small talk. We just want to get right to the deep stuff and, <laughs> and really get in there. And also with high sensitivity, it's like across all species, it's in all animals. And this is because like tribes and like groups always need those like 20% to be sensitive to like pick up on social cues and be able to like assess if someone is trustworthy. We're really like the advisors and the guides and like the healers historically in groups. So that's kind of a, a big description. There's a lot more to it, but yeah. 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 I'll, I'll, I want to just add to that because that was a, a beautiful description. Wow. Like that was, that was perfect actually. Um, and all for the people that are really into some of the science, I'll add a little bit to that. So, um, what people that are highly sensitive score higher on SPS, which is sensory, um, processing sensitivity, which is the trait that, that Dr. Elaine Aaron was uh, identified in, uh, and then coined the term highly sensitive person. So that's basically what, what Alyssa just said is it's people that are more, sensitive sensory like they're all their senses mm -hmm. their five senses are, are heightened their nervous system is heightened so with this can come all sorts of stuff in the negative but it can also once you learn how to thrive as a highly sensitive person you really really need to be you know have a good self-care practice and understand your emotions and these sorts of things and once you have those things in place it's amazing right life can become really beautiful when you start to hone your uh, what you thought was a curse and hone it into a gift and you can really relate to the world around you in such a different and beautiful way and that's what we're here to teach you guys today is um, how to to do this so um, is there anything else that we should add you think I feel like that's a pretty well-rounded description of it and I feel like too once you know we share our stories and things like that I think that's always how people can really identify too like oh yep that sounds like me and also I guess we could add um that like Dr. Elaine Aaron on her on her website does have that quiz where you can take it to see if you are a highly sensitive person just to like see oh do I check all these boxes and then that's further validation yeah exactly what do you know your score on that I think I'm 22 okay. out of, I forget how many, 26. 27. Yeah. 27. Yeah. Or yeah. higher. Yeah. I scored 26. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's pretty intense and life inside my brain is quite intense. <laughs> and, uh, um, but yeah, like learning all these skills that I'm learning and I'm kind of new, in, newly introduced to this, the HSP world just in the last year. Um, mm -hmm. I always knew that I was empathic since I was a little kid, but I never actually realized there was a physiological component to it, which I always wondered why I was grinding my teeth and clenching my fists and doing all these things as a kid. Um, it was basically, I was, my nervous system was so strung out that I was, it was physically manifesting in my body that I was doing all these things to kind of ex cope with the, the excessive amounts of energy that I had in my body. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, it's interesting that you say that because it does often, I find that it manifests very physically in so many of us HSPs. And a lot of times that's what brings us to learning that we're highly sensitive too, is like, because we're so like, we're so sensitive and it can be so physical for us that it, if it's, you know, we're not 
taking good care of ourselves or we don't know what's going on, it can manifest itself into like physical conditions and chronic health issues. And that's, I just see that all the time. And that's my story. So it's just interesting that you say that because it's like, yes, it's so much energy, so much inside of you. And it really is like that nervous system needing to be calmed and like feel safe. And it's, yeah, it's very alert. So it's hard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also something that we can point out too, is there's a term called differential susceptibility, which is, which means that people who are highly sensitive um, are a lot greater there's a lot greater impact to childhood trauma to uh for highly sensitive people so a highly sensitive person and somebody who's not highly sensitive could have the exact same experience and the hsp could be extremely uh, traumatized by this so you you have a lot of trauma unresolved trauma within the hsp community and this is why it's so important to work with our trauma and get to a place where we can feel safe within ourselves. otherwise our nervous systems are always going to be in fight or flight right and that's uh that's an important part of this work and why I'm dedicating most most of my career uh, to helping empaths and highly sensitive people uh, as well as gay men move through this journey. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's so important. I love that you add that. That's it, it's amazing. It's like a, things that might not affect other people can affect us much deeper and there's nothing to be ashamed of or wrong for that. It's just we're we're literally wired differently. And so we have to in order to thrive, we really have to um identify that and work through it. So I love that you say that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So who wants to start? Do you want to share your story first? Sure. Why not? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I discovered I was a highly sensitive person probably about six years ago. Now Um, I moved from, I grew up in Minnesota in a small town and I moved to California when I was 22 years old. Um, And I moved without a plan. I had an internship that was paying me $10 an hour. I didn't have any friends here. I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. I just, I moved. Um, and it was really exciting. It was an awesome time in my life. It was like this whole brand new journey, fresh out of college, like moving to California. It was exciting. So I started my internship at this company. It was a corporate retail company. It was like a dream job to me, especially as like a small town Midwest girl. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Got started in this career and I quickly saw how toxic and cutthroat of an environment it was. There was definitely a lot of glorification of being aggressive and people working long hours. They're getting into the office at 8 a.m. and they're leaving at 8 p.m. And I am tend to be a very driven, high achieving type of person as I actually find a lot of other HSPs are, but I didn't know I was highly sensitive. I, you know, I knew I was sensitive. I didn't know the term. So I found myself wanting to keep up with these other people that I was working with. I was trying to work those long hours. I wanted to move my way up the corporate ladder, especially because I wanted them to hire me full time. So I could live in California on more than $10 an hour. Yeah. So I pushed myself really, really hard while all this was happening. I was trying to navigate being in a brand new state without any friends and not very much money. All of the, these like little big things, honestly, actually were really stressing me out. And I started to develop really bad digestive issues. And I started going to different gastroenterologists and I was finding that no one really could help me. 
they would do endoscopies. They would do all these tests that they're like, yeah, you're not, you don't have celiac or you're, you know, I'm, I'm not really seeing anything. You do have ulcers in your stomach. I'd get medication. Nothing really solved it. Mm. And it was super frustrating. I think I went to probably four different doctors until I finally shifted my approach and decided to see a holistic doctor. I had never done that. Wasn't, I had no idea, um, but I was desperate. So I started seeing this Chinese medicine practitioner and literally changed my life. It was like working with him, we started to identify all of this stress that was inside of my body that he told me was absolutely contributing to my digestive issues. I had small intestinal bacterial overgrowth and leaky gut. I could barely eat any foods. Um, And he's like, yeah, it was horrible. And so he was like, we have to get to the root of these issues, which is all of this emotional stress inside of your body. Once we heal this, you'll heal your gut. And of course, at the same time, it was like taking supplements and eating a special diet, but like the stress and emotions were the key component. And how this relates to being highly sensitive is it was around this time that my mom found the the highly sensitive person book by Dr. Elaine Aaron. Don't know how she found it, but she told me, she's like, you've got to read this book. This book is meant for you. Uh, So I read it very quickly, probably in like a weekend. I just remember like devouring it and being like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. Like this is me. And what I realized, like how this, my digestive issues and sensitivity went hand in hand is like, like we were saying, we're so sensitive to our environments. So I was under tons of stress with the corporate office, the, you know, not having any money, wanting to make friends, like all of the things were just like penetrating me every single day until my body was like enough. Like I can't, I can't deal with this. Um, So that's, that's how I discovered it working with that doctor, I healed my gut. I really have no issues with my stomach anymore, which is amazing. Um, And it's that whole experience is what led me down the path I'm on today. It's, it's the reason I started meditating and do meditate every day. It's got me into spirituality and like reading spiritual books and like, it was the hardest time, you know, but it was the best thing that could have happened to me. It caused me to get to know myself on a deeper level And I think that's one of my favorite things about being sensitive is like, I had to get to this really low crappy point. And that brought me to spirituality and like getting really in touch with myself. And I wouldn't have done that, at least not as quickly if, if life had been, if I hadn't been so sensitive, if I hadn't been so affected. So I actually think it was, you know, a wonderful way, even though it's tough. Mm -hmm. So yeah, pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah, right on. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, a lot of stuff in my experience similar to yours, just not so much the medical, but I did struggle a lot with psych- my psychology uh, growing up. And um, so maybe I'll go, I'll go back to when I was quite young, probably around five years old is when I started to notice that I was like different. And I was very... Um, compulsive almost like lots of like OCD type tendencies. I lots of like Tourette syndrome. I never got diagnosed with Tourette syndrome, but I was doing a lot of these like, like weird things, moving my face, uh, clenching my fist, clenching my jaw, things like that. And, and my, my parents never really knew what was going on. I just, you know, um, yeah, it, it never, it never really got addressed. And, um, I just remember being a kid and always worrying. 
like I, cause I could feel everybody else's feelings and I didn't know that at the time. So I thought that I was feeling all these feelings, but I was feeling my mom's feelings, my dad's feelings, my sister's feelings, strangers feelings. And, um, it literally made me turn me into a chronic warrior. And I was always worrying as a kid. And, um, I was always cleaning and like doing things to try and find control, like, you know, cause control for me made me feel safe. Um, and then I, you know, my parents split when I was about eight and that was also, that was probably one of my core traumas. And then from that point, I really shut off a lot of my feelings because it was such a hard um, time for me. So I think I dissociated and learned how to repress and that just is not good for a highly sensitive person. And it brought me down the road of a really, um, really challenging crack addiction actually is what, um, what I developed. So I was, I was actually a poly drug user for a long time. I started drinking and smoking pot at around um, probably 11 years old. And then that carried into all the way up till I was, I was 24. Um, and I was using crack from about 17 till about 24. Um, and yeah, it was, it was self-medicating. I was medicating myself because I was trying to numb myself out because my feelings were so intense, but I was over-regulating my feelings because I didn't want to feel them. Um, so yeah, and, and then obviously in the background that, you know, dealing with my sexuality and, and growing up gay and trying to hide that from probably age five till about age 18, that was also a challenge. So there was just a lot of um, stuff that I wasn't being... Um, congruent with I wasn't being authentic and I think that's why my brand is inspired to be authentic because I'm like I lived a lot of my life being inauthentic and hiding my sensitivity hiding my sexuality um, and and these sorts of things so I think you know my sensitivity story is all about moving from shame and being dysregulated emotionally to learning how to love myself learning how to accept myself um, and learning how to Learn, learning, still learning how to feel safe in my body, I think is a big part of it because I, I, I moved up here to cope with life and now I'm coming back down into my body and my body's just very charged with a lot of um, unprocessed emotions and just even in just in intense emotions. So, and now just in the last year, I'm learning how to really work with my sensitive nature and learning how to embrace it. Um, and I, I have days where I still struggle. And then I have days where I'm like really happy to be highly sensitive. Um, so that's why I wanted to have this podcast today, because I wanted to really just start spreading good vibes around what it means to be highly sensitive and how it can really be an asset for us. Absolutely. Yeah. I just have to say too, with what you shared, like just some of those specific experiences for you, like growing up, I was just sitting there like, oh my gosh, like I was very, I had that compulsive worrying, of course, for sure. I feel like my, my brain was so used to like, like that's where it was comfortable all of the time is like worrying, worrying, worrying. I was so obsessed with my parents leaving the house. Like I was so afraid they would never come back. And it was like, my mom would say like, she'd come home and I would just like kiss her face because I was so grateful she came home. And I remember that terror every time they left of just being sick to my stomach. Yeah. Um, and then I also had something where I was like, like blinking really hard all of the time and my parents are like why are you doing that and I'm like I don't know yeah. so I just hadn't really heard anyone else say that so I was like oh my gosh I totally did that too and then I can also super relate to like some of what you were saying about numbing it out 
I would think I was like 13 or 14, but like drinking and smoking and in high school and things like that. And I mean, that was part of my, my issue when I developed the really bad digestive issues in California too, is like, I was drinking too many beers after work because I just was like super like charged, like you were saying. And I just wanted to numb it out. Like I just needed to like feel less. And it's like, you know, you feel a little better for a while and then it feels even worse the next day. So I can so relate to all of that. And I think a lot of sensitive people, you know, it's like we're doing these things and we don't know why. And it's like, we're just trying to like feel a little less intensity, but yeah, um, like you said, working with it is, is where the power lies. It's just, it's hard to get there sometimes. So yeah, I, I agree. And I think we both use the term like disempowered empath or disempowered, highly sensitive person. And I personally think the reason why we're disempowered is because we don't know. We don't have the knowledge. I think we start this journey out. We Somebody who doesn't know they're highly sensitive is likely going to feel disempowered because they don't know what they're working with. As soon as you start to identify with the term HSP and you start to do some research and realize that, oh, shit, this is me. This is totally me. And you start to dive into the, the lots of research and lots of other, other highly sensitive people out there that can start to support you. That's when you start to thrive. So the journey is from disempowerment to empowerment through knowledge and connection and applying some of the skills that we can teach you. So, yeah, absolutely. Well said. Yeah. Because it's like, when you don't know why, why you need more sleep or why you get overwhelmed in social situations, you might like I can speak from experience, you might feel like, what's wrong with me? Like, what's wrong with me? Like, why am I so lame? Why can't I hang with my friends? Like, why can't I stay out late? Like, I want to be fun. And it's like, when you learn you're highly sensitive, and it's not like a bad thing. It's like, this is how I take care of myself. You know, I work with my energy rather than trying to fit myself into a mold that I'm not meant to fit in. And that's okay. Yeah. That was actually a big part of my shame that I carried around being highly sensitive that I didn't even know is that all my friends would go to concerts or circuit parties or gay cruises or do all these things. And I'm just like, that would be a fucking nightmare for me to go and do something like that. It's just too much stimulation for me. And then I would judge myself. I'm like, I'm boring. I'm fun. Who who wants to be with me? Because I'm not going to want to go out and party and all this sort of stuff. And but what I realized is I party in my own way. I go to ecstatic dance, not circuit parties. <laughs> you know, I go yeah. to places where it's a little bit more, there's more space. There's less like dung, 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 and more like, you know, stuff that's fitting to my nervous system. Absolutely. Yeah. We just, you've just got to find your thing. I'm the same way. Give me a sound bath. That is like the most <laughs> wonderful way to spend my weekend. Like, yeah, yeah. that's, yeah. Love that. A gong, a gong bath. I I love, (laughs) love them. They're so good. Okay. I have my little list. I did some journaling for you guys. (laughs) I made a list of um, all the things that I could think of, of benefits of being a highly sensitive person. So maybe what we can do is go through them all. And just maybe if there's anything that comes up that you want to share about that, that point, and then we can just go through them. Does that sound good? Love it. Sounds good. Okay. So one of the, the first thing that came to my mind was having a highly attuned nervous system. Why do you think that would be a benefit for an, a highly sensitive person? Ooh, that's a good one because most times people might think like, oh, I don't think this is good. What comes to mind right away is just that it forces you to take better care of yourself. 
like I kind of mentioned with my story, like, because my nervous system was so sensitive, I was, I got sick because I didn't know how to take care of myself. So you might think like, oh, that's, that's not a benefit at all. But because it's so sensitive, I have to do the work to be really good to myself. And in doing that, I like strengthen my relationship with myself. I know myself so well. I know like if I start getting a headache, I can probably tell you exactly why that is. And I know now know how to fix that or, you know, like what Mm -hmm. remedies work for me. So I think with that, yeah, that sensitive nervous system, like you get very intimate with yourself and your own experience and it's. Yeah, it's something a lot of people don't have the opportunity to do, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. And that's a great, a great way to frame it. <clears throat> I think for me, um, having a highly attuned nervous system, the nervous system is actually the bridge between the, the material and the spiritual. And if you, if you were to take the 20% of people on this planet who are highly sensitive and you were to pull them all, I guarantee you most of them are going to say they have some sort of spiritual connection. And I think that when we have a highly attuned nervous system, we have an easier access to uh, metaphysical, the metaphysical world, because we feel energy and we have an easier time connecting to spirit guides and angels and these sorts of things um, that perhaps other people need to get a little bit more still in order to feel their nervous system. Whereas our nervous system is just sitting there waiting. Like, it's like, I'm here. <laughs> it's pulsing, it's vibrating. <laughs> Yes. Oh, I love that so much. That's so true. Like, um, I know one of the chapters in Dr. Elaine Aaron's book is like soul and spirit where the true magic lies or something like it's some chapter like that. And of course, that was my favorite chapter because I'm like, this is so cool. Because yes, I mentioned at the beginning, a lot of the highly sensitive people were like the spiritual guides or like, you know, the healers in the communities, because like you said, we just have that connection. I just feel like there's often a buffer missing, which can be like hard, but like, if you work with it, it's like, it's seriously magic. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. If you're a highly sensitive person and you don't have a spiritual practice and this is not me preaching religion or anything at you, but I would say develop one. It doesn't have to be to God. It doesn't have to be at anything, just something that you can fall back onto a faith. It could be nature. It could be whatever, but just something where you can surrender yourself to it because uh, it can get really hard if you don't have um, some sort of spiritual practice. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. And I think one more thing to add, because I just get fired up on this topic. <laughs> yeah, no, um, we got lots of time, be- no rush. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Um, it's just that because I think a lot of us are more prone to anxiety and worry and overthinking and all of the things. Like for me, when I started developing that spiritual practice and I could remember that I wasn't alone in the journey, that like during the hard times I could call upon a higher power, my spirit guides, or even like connecting to my own soul. Like that's kind of been one of my favorite things lately. It just made me feel so much more calm and at peace. And just like, I just think we, it's like the medicine that we really need for us sensitive people. Yeah. I fully agree. I fully agree. That's why I'm like morphing into from a life coach into a spiritual teacher, right? Because that's where I think it's so important. I want to have both, but it's, uh, it's important to, to bring people along the spiritual path because it's where a lot of the healing takes place for sure. Um, all right. So the next one is emotional vividness. I like this. Okay. So the way I'm interpreting this, I guess I'll just, yeah, say sure. from my own experience, yeah. like um, anytime I'm like watching a TV show or there's anything remotely emotional or whatever, like 
I will dry it or cry at the drop of a hat, like instantly. (laughs) And it's like, I I think it's, what's wonderful is like, you're really feeling the highs, high highs and the low lows. Like it, it's like, we're really just like alive, like very much just like feeling everything fully. And so at least, I mean, I've never been anything but myself, but um, I think that being able to really tap into our emotions and have that vivid experience. Like we can feel so much joy and so much excitement and just so much like awe for like small things around us and really just so excited about, you know, the beauty of the world and, and things like that. Like I, I know when I first moved to California, I was like, obviously came from Minnesota and I was super excited about like palm trees and things like that. And I would just like allow myself to get really excited about it and not try to be like play it off cool I'm like I'm not trying to be cool like I'm really pumped and feeling a lot here so yeah. I, I think it's it's wonderful it's like one of my favorite things about it yeah I would say me too and I think it this is it's a double-edged sword okay because emotional vividness can be if you're experiencing a lot of negative emotions it can be really really challenging um but if you get good at learning how to emotionally regulate you can really really experience a lot of deep deep joy and peace and you know things like that require emoting like that that inspire us right a lot of hsps get so inspired by the arts um music drama movies, things like that, these can move us in such a deep and profound way, uh, if we allow them to. And that's, I think, one of my one of the best things about being almost to the point where it can be overwhelming. Like sometimes I feel so much love and peace in my heart that it overwhelms me. And my only option is to cry. you know because it's just like it's like filling up and I'm like oh my god I yeah I'm overwhelmed as you were talking I'm like yeah that's literally exactly what it is like and same with like inspiration just overwhelmed with like inspiration I feel like that happens a lot where I'm like oh my gosh I need to do everything right now I'm so there's so much amazingness yeah that's I think that's my favorite feeling in the whole world in feeling inspired I think I like it even more than love I really do yeah. I, that yeah. And like, I couldn't agree more. And like, you can create something out of nothing. Yeah. Like that's the coolest thing in the world. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think we talked about this, but I'm going to say it anyway, feeling love, joy, happiness, and other positive emotions very deeply. Yep. Is there anything you, feel you want to add to that? Um, I think one thing I would add to it because this is something it's kind of weird. Okay. So, well, it's not weird. It's just been my own experience. So because we feel those things very deeply and excitement very deeply, like I've recently had some very exciting things happening for me and sometimes anxiety and excitement can almost feel the same in our body and we can become overwhelmed with our emotions. Um, so something that I'm like learning and that's making it an even more beautiful experience is really like sitting with it and like allowing myself to feel it. Uh, for instance, like when I was feeling super excited the other day, like something good happened for me, it, it can be like, feel like a little bit too much. So, because it's just like nervous system going crazy, even though it's in a good way. Yeah. Um, so I'm just like learning to like really sit with that and soak it in as much as I can and like, enjoy it. Like when you can really like, yeah, soak it up. Mm-hmm. There's, it's just gets even better. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was the kid where, and I think you said this too, I think, but when uh, we were younger and it was Christmas and we couldn't sleep. <laughs> so there's just the excitement. I get insomnia when I'm excited and I get in- insomnia when I'm suffering as well. So it's just like, God, just let me sleep, you know, but um, 
yeah excited insomnia is kind of fun though because you just lay up all night like thinking about all the amazing things that are happening in your life (laughs) same that literally happened to me last week I'm like I slept four hours last night like but I was dreaming like dreaming like so happy yeah (laughs) just visualizing yeah Yeah. um okay the next one is actually probably well there's so many of these are my favorites I'm going to probably say that it's at so many of these but um highly intuitive and strongly guided Mm, yeah, I, I know this. I, I always, I, I, each one is my favorite too, but I do really love this one. This one's like really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, just to see how it can guide you in your life when you really tap into it. I think you can have so much fun listening to your intuition yeah. when you learn how. And I think a lot of times sensitive people, like that's one of our greatest strengths, but we'll block it because of anxiety, overwhelm, overthinking, all of the things. We really have that ability to tap into our intuition in a big way. And I think once you start practicing it and knowing what that feels like in your body too, it can, you can really allow it to guide you and take you on the, the coolest journeys, even small things. You know, it's like, I remember a few months ago, our friends went on a trip and I was like, told my now husband, I was like, he's going to propose. They're going to, yeah, he's, they're going to get engaged. And he's like, really came back. They were engaged. I'm like, you just know. (laughs) So it's just kind of fun. It is fun. It's probably my favorite. One of my, my favorite skills in myself is my intuition. And, you know, it's interesting because as a highly sensitive empathic person, I have used my intuition for other people my whole life, looking at others, assessing what's going on in their world and not assessing what's going on in my world. And actually now I'm feeling the repercussions of this because I'm like, oh, wait, what about me? I got to go into my field and I got to tune into me. So I'm actually just learning now how to go in and explore my emotional world and be able to decipher what is thought-based forms and what is heart-based forms. Like, like because your intuition lies in your heart center, right? And um, so, yeah, there's a lot of discernment happening right now. And I feel like, wow, if I've been this highly intuitive most of my life, but I haven't really been tapping into the actual core center of where this is coming from, from my own internal compass, like the sky's the limit for me. Like I'm going to be on fire here soon, as soon as I get this mastered. <laughs> it's taking totally. a little bit of time though, but yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's just like fun to see, see what can transpire. And like, I think a lot of it is like learning to trust ourselves and trust that we have the wisdom. That's another obstacle I've certainly dealt with and see in other HSPs too, is like this thing, this like idea that other people would know better, but so it's really like coming back to that self-trust and like learning to really listen to and trust our inner guidance, because yeah, once you start doing that, you will see that it does not steer you wrong and things that like might not make sense as you're doing them, but you just have a pull to do it. Like I almost always see like, Oh, that's why I had to do that. That's why my intuition told me that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think I fall into the trap of giving away my personal power so much, like making other people the authority of, of over me because I'm so tuned into other people's stuff that Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just handing over my power. And this is a big learning for me in my life right now to, recall my power and make myself my own authority again so I can really tune into what's best for me and make my own decisions because no one knows what's best for you right nobody not even your mother and sorry mom but she listens to all my <laughs> podcasts love you mom but, um, but we we know what's best for us our heart center is always guiding us uh, to what is best for us and we need to tune in and listen 
So HSPs, we have an advantage. We got to take advantage of that advantage and we got to tune into our, our heart centers. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, this is another juicy one. Love it so much. Can connect deeply. Oh, yes. I mean, I feel like I meet people and I'm sure you can relate and so many other empaths and HSPs, like you meet somebody and they instantly feel comfortable with you and they're like telling you their life story. I mean, mm -hmm. hopefully you have the space to like take that in. Yeah. Obviously we need to have discernment, yeah. but I always find this to be very satisfying to get to the, that deep level with someone else, like to be that trusted person, because that's, I, I, I assume other people can just sense that when they're in the presence of a highly sensitive person, like, okay, this person like doesn't want to talk about the weather. They want to know like my big dreams and fears and all of that. So yeah. I just think there's so much richness there. It's like, you know, how we, we, we love, or we have such big emotions. It's like, we want to feel the experience, the depths with other people too. Yeah. Yeah. I, that happens all the time with me. It's like people just dump, dump onto me. It's unbelievable. Like they just feel safe with me immediately. And yes, boundaries is key, right? Cause you don't want people dumping their stuff onto you, especially energetic boundaries, but it's just, it's, it's such an honor that people feel safe with me. It's such a gift that they see me as somebody that's safe for them to show up with. And um, I'm the kind of guy that, you know, I'll go to, if you can get me to go to a party, I'll go to a party and uh, I'll be the guy that'll like, find like one or two people and I'll spend like an hour and a half with each person. Like I'm not like the floater and go around and say hi to everybody. Like I'm like, let's get into the deep meat of life right here, right now, you know? And um, yeah. And it's good. I love that about myself because I leave, I leave those places feeling invigorated that I've connected deeply with somebody. Yeah. yeah exact same here. <laughs> yeah. This one I thought was cool because I like this word, uh, technicolor, a technicolor experience of life. I love that as a descriptor. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. I feel like everything is just so vibrant and it's so like, yeah, we can just feel it all and see it all. And it's um, because we're not filtered. I feel like we're just not filtering as much. Like yeah. we're just taking in so much. So yeah, technicolor. Everything is so beautiful. The sad things are very sad, but the happy things are so happy and wonderful. So yeah, yeah that's, that's such a good one. Yeah. Yeah. The, the cherry blossoms are blooming out in Vancouver right now. And I, I didn't know this whole time because I, I moved here in the winter that I had cherry blossom trees lining the street that I'm living on. And they just started blooming. And I was like, oh my God. So I went out there and I'm like skipping through the streets, like, you know, all excited that these cherry blossoms are out. They're so amazing. I just love them. Oh my gosh. Yes. I love that. Um, okay. Next one. Great with details. Ooh, yes. That one helps in a lot of ways too. Like I'm, um, I, I love to write obviously. So this helps me a lot with my writing. I also am kind of like a freak about grammar and things like that. Yeah. So I notice the details and I notice I'm like, oh no, that's not where that common comma goes or something like that. Being able to notice little details, I think can help in a number of ways. Like a lot of times in, um, also like planning a trip or, you know, doing things like that, where you have to think of all of the things I think that we're usually pretty good at, at yeah. just, yeah, noticing all the things that there is to think about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And this is also uh, comes in really handy. Um, we make great employees 
who can problem solve and pay close attention to detail. So if you're an employer out there and you know highly sensitive people, it's always good to have one on the team because they are going to find things and they're going to notice patterns and you know, the, the cog in the wheel, that's what we, that's what we're really good at. We can find the pattern that's like, no, it's not working here. Right. Cause we're very, very good at observing uh, fine details. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We're, yeah. We can identify it quickly, pretty yeah. seamlessly. This is also kind of similar, but we're very observant. Mm. Yes. Yeah. And I love thinking of this too, with like emotional intelligence and like being able to see like uh, somebody's facial expression shift or just like hearing the tone of their voice. Um, I think that can like serve us in so many ways, like again, in the workplace, you know, being what, if you're a leader, like being able to observe how your employees are feeling rather than just being so stuck in logic and like, Mm -hmm. this is what we need to do, but rather being able to observe the interactions between people and how, you know, this person is what their attitude seemed like when they came into work, like, yeah. Those are, yeah, ways it can serve us so, so well. Yeah. I, I describe myself as clairsentient. I'm actually developing clairsentient abilities as I go, um, just strongly empathic, essentially. And um, one of, the, one of the, the ways that I do this is through observing people's body language and um, facial cueing and things like that. And it, it, it's the mirror neurons because what like, I can notice somebody's crease in their mouth. If it's aimed downwards, I can feel the energy of sadness in their, in their facial wow. creasing um, their eyes, people's eyes um, speak a lot to me. So yeah, my intuitive abilities actually come a lot through watching people and observing um, how their body is because the body manifests everything, right? Like the mind is like, let's mask all this stuff yeah. to try and trick people that I'm not feeling sad or shameful, but the body can't lie. The body just holds the truth of who we are. And um, it's fascinating. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's so true. It's like, I think of, you know, sometimes you can tell how a person feels about you, right? Like you're saying the mind is like masking it, but then I'll, I've had experiences where I've met people or worked with people or whatever. And I'm like, I just don't think they really like me that much. And they're, they're, you know, they say one thing, but I can just tell by the body language and the little, like, there's like the split second where a different look crosses their face. (laughs) And uh, you thought I didn't notice that, but I did. And it's okay, (laughs) but I know how you really feel. (laughs) It's just very interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. I think that's why a lot of HSP struggle with people pleasing for that exact reason. We do not, we can, we can feel and see when somebody doesn't like us. And we, a lot of us compromise our authenticity for connection and we end up losing our sense of self. And that's what, that's my story. One of my stories is that, and, uh, I've had to really reconcile with, um, being around people that don't like me or that are jealous of me or that are haters, um, because I can feel it and mm-hmm. I know it. And, uh, and part of me before would just try and change who I was. So I would try and convince them that I'm, okay, I'm an okay person. It's okay to like me, but it's like, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. It's okay for people not to like me. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. That is so important that I'm glad you touched on that and the people pleasing thing, because yeah, definitely been my experience as well. And like trying to water ourselves down to be liked by everyone else, but then just like losing the substance of who you are, because it, I think it's like, you have to, be a little polarizing or whatever to find your people because you're being authentic. It's like, yeah. And we have to learn to handle the discomfort of being disliked, 
even if we know it's not like we did anything like hurtful or whatever, there's nothing wrong with us. Just like, you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea. So that's a big learning because we can feel it. Like, like we're saying. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you get better. We get better at the tolerance of people's disappointment and disapproval of us, the more you experience it. So when you first come out of the the, the people pleasing closet, it's hard. I feel you. It's hard, mm-hmm. but it gets easier the more you, you you allow yourself to be exposed to criticism and judgment and rejection and these things that we all fear. It's a human experience to fear those things. So you're not alone in that. And uh, but just know that it gets easier as you continue to push through. I, I love how we're talking about the thing and then it's the next bullet. It's hilarious. Our great, <laughs> oh, wow. at, our great at reading people. So we don't need to oh. go into that. Um, <laughs> yep. There you go. But it is, it's, and that's why we have mirror neurons. We have, we have an excessive amount of mirror neurons compared to other people. So we can feel people's stuff. It's what, it's what makes empathy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is the next one. Hilarious empathy. <laughs> um, <laughs> what's your experience of empathy? I'm curious. I think it's, like I, I feel bad for everyone. So, or like, I, I don't know how to explain it. Like it would be like, there would be somebody who did something bad and they might not be, have a, be a well-intentioned person, but I would feel empathy for them because I'm like, well, they're hurting. And this is, you know, this is why they did that. And I just feel bad for them. And so in some ways it's been not a good thing like, I know we're talking about the awesome things about it, but just a quick, like little thing. It's like, um, I got myself into situations where I was like in relationships with people who are not, uh, great people because I was like, had so much empathy for them and I saw their potential. Um, so that was like one way where it was like, ah, I didn't have enough discernment. Um, but empathy is like on the flip side really is one of my favorite things about, my this trait um i remember doing like a oh the strengths finders test back when i started my corporate job and i was the only person in our group of like 25 people who got empathy as the number one like no one else even had it in their top five it was my number one at that time now i think it's something different but still but anyway i just think it's a beautiful trait to be able to like feel and care about what other people are feeling and I think I also can help the other people in my life to have more empathy for others just by the way I navigate life and yeah. seeing the best in people. Yeah. It's a beautiful trait. It is. It's it's what I've built my career off of. Um, and that's funny that I, are you talking about the Clifton strengths? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's my, so my number one is empathy. Go figure. Um, yeah. My number two is significance. Then relator then competition and then uh, uh, achiever. Ooh, I that's, love it. That's heavy, eh? Like all those, it's just, it's a Powerful. Lot. Yeah. 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 Do you know your top five or? I'm trying to remember. I know um, the last time I took it, my top, my number one was like connectedness and like seeing how everyone is connected. Of course it was empathy. I want to say I had relator, um, but I cannot remember the other ones. I don't know that achiever was in my top five, maybe the top 10. Cause yeah, that seems cool. usually yeah. Yeah, to be my thing, but yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm working with a Clifton strength coach right now. And uh, so I'm learning all about uh, the Gallup and all oh, that. Cool. Yeah. It's great. It's really cool stuff. We talked about that one. I'm going to read it out anyway. People tend to feel safe with us. We make great employees who can problem solve and pay close attention to detail. Uh, we get lots of self-care time. Mm. I love this one. 
This is one of my I favorite did. parts about being an HSP too, because we get so much, like you said, it's what, what starts as a curse becomes a blessing and we learn how to care for ourselves. And then like so many people on this planet struggle with self-care. And this is probably one of my greatest skills is learning how to care for myself because I know exactly what I need. And I, and when I deliver it to myself, I feel amazing. And, you know, I, I it's, um, it is really great. I love, I love me time. Yes, I do too. It's like the most sacred, wonderful time. And it's like, I, yeah. And I think I used to feel, I'm still working on this, but I used to feel guilty about taking that self-care time because of the other like part of me where I'm like, you always must be productive and doing things. But once I had those digestive issues and learned, like, I really cannot push myself learning to really take like take my self-care time seriously and make it a priority game changer. It's the best. And that's when you have the most, like, at least I, in my experience, like the downloads, the inspiration, when you just have that space and you're just like relaxed and yeah, yeah getting back home to yourself. Yeah, exactly. Cleansing everybody else's energies out. It's like a scrub. <laughs> it's like major, <laughs> literally major. So important. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This was a big one. And I, yeah. So when we, when we finally feel self-love and acceptance, we feel it deeply. And I phrase that in the negative into the positive, because a lot of human beings, not just HSPs, a lot of human beings struggle with self-love and self-acceptance. <clears throat> I think that's one of the reasons why one of the meanings of life we're here to come whole, to think we're not whole, and then to remember our wholeness. I think that's one of the journeys of, the, of, of life. And uh, when we finally get there, we feel it so deep. So when we finally step into our power, we feel that power so strong and so deeply. And um, it's really infectious. And we can share that power and share that our light with other people in such a profound way, because we're feeling it so deeply. Oh, my gosh, I love that. That's yeah, that's so powerful. Because it's like, like you said, when we feel really feel that it's like the other aspects of our trait, our ability to feel deeply, our passion, our, you know, emotions, all of that, like the empathy, like it comes out, it like, I don't even know, I'm like trying to explain what's in my mind, but it's just like, it bursts out. Like you're saying it's infectious because yeah. it's like, it's like, we just are dying to share it. And I think we're, I really think that we're born to share it once we get to that place, because there's so many sensitive people who you know, aren't there yet. And I just think the world cannot be well-rounded without those deep feeling people like feeling powerful. Like we literally are needed to make the world whole. Um, so yeah, I think it's like everything when you feel that self-love because also it's like, we can give so much, we can feel so much love for other people and for, you know, a beautiful day. So when we can reflect that back to ourselves, it's like such a, a rich experience. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I see myself as somebody who is a pioneer or a leader for humans, but also men. I think highly sensitive men are struggling. And a fact about the research shows that half of the highly sensitive people of the 20% on this planet, which is 10% are male, 10% mm -hmm. are female. This is not a female thing. Just because you're sensitive does not, it's not a female trait. Um, so that's a lot of men. 10% of the world's population of men like is highly sensitive. That's huge. And I want to be a part of, of helping these men embrace their sensitivity because a man who's embracing his sensitivity is also a man that is a lot more inclined to connect with women. If he's heterosexual, 
to connect with women and be able to be a wonderful love lover for for her right because he's embodying and embracing his feminine energy and i don't mean feminine like effeminate i mean we all have feminine we all have masculine energies in us and a man who's um shunning or shaming his his sensitive nature is a man who's who's um wounding his femininity right and a man who's embodying and embracing his um sensitivity is a man who's embodying and embracing his femininity so i think it's it's key Oh my gosh, it's so important. And I'm so glad that you're out there doing that because I do have a lot of, or a decent amount of sensitive men that will message me on Instagram and, you know, tell me like, I just found out I'm sensitive and they don't, I don't know if people always like men always know that there are other people out there like them. You know, I, I, I haven't had that experience in my life, but I can just imagine what that might be like. So I'm really glad that there's people like you and like Ben, who I did the workshop with, who are sensitive men that are just like really standing in the power of that because it is super uh, magnetic. It's like, and it gives permission to other men to come out and be like, Hey, me too. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's like, again, we're needed. You're needed. The 10, the other 10%, like we got to have all the sensitive people out there. So I think that's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. I'm going to start a me too movement for sensitive men. You should. (laughs) Hashtag me too. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's great. People are drawn to us because they find us interesting. That's part of, you know, kind of like they see us as safe, but they, I think people are drawn to us because they find us interesting because the way that we articulate ourselves, like we tend to be a little bit more spunky or artistic or creative or expressive because we have all these feelings and all this energy inside of us. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I uh, wrote a blog post about this like a couple months ago. It was like the secret to being more magnetic or something like that. And what I was wrote about in that post is pretty much exactly kind of that. Like when I first moved to California, I was like feeling like, oh, I need to like try to fit in and like act cool. And like, I'd go to these parties and people just seem to know how to dress. And I'm like, I don't know, like, what am I supposed to do? But when I acted like myself and got really excited about things and, you know, freaked out over palm trees and Mm -hmm. whatever, people were drawn to me and they wanted to be around me. And I ended up, you know, having, creating some of the greatest friendships here. Uh, just by being myself, because I think like my mom told me, I remember being all upset, like, oh, I just, I don't feel like I fit in. And she's like, you're one of those people who cannot be like fake. Like you have to be genuine. That's just who you are. And Mm -hmm. I think people love genuine, authentic people. We want to be around real people. And I think that's how a lot of sensitive people are. We can't help it. It's just us. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And then it's also interesting too, because sometimes like I have people that really want to be around me and they find me interesting and I'm like super introverted. And then I'm, I'm like, oh man, like <laughs> I don't want this attention or I don't want people to be as interested in me. Um, but I'm learning how to also, well, set boundaries, but also just, you know, sometimes just let people in, you know, that's part of, part of it with me as well too. The more public I become, it's like, you know, you have to really be discerning on do I have capacity right now to let somebody into my world and, and share a moment with them? Or do I need to just be like, you know what, I really need to care for myself right now. So totally. And yeah. one thing I'll add it just because you and I have this in common is the fact that we're both Gemini son. I yes. think that's a part of it. You know, you're kind of yeah. like quirky a little bit and people are like, who is this person? <laughs> like, yeah. Do I want to hang out with them? Yeah, I kind of do. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. I feel like that's a part of it. Yeah, exactly. They're an acquired taste, but yeah, I kind of like that taste. <laughs> right. 
Yeah. We are the pioneers to a more peaceful and loving planet. Yes, I agree. I That's why I do everything I do at the core of it is like, because I want more sensitive people to just be advocating for themselves and feeling empowered to just fully be themselves. And it, it's just such a ripple effect. It's not like each person has to go out and start a movement, but like, if you're just like showing up more confidently in your personal life and maybe you're inspiring your mom and your husband and your children and things like that, just to like, you know, have more empathy for others and like mm-hmm. pay attention to the little things like that has a ripple effect that does make a difference in the whole world. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I, um, there's, there's a term called canary in the coal mine. Have you heard that? I have. Yeah. So canary in the coal mine, I'll explain it to the listeners. So basically back in the day when they were in the coal mines, the, they would have canary birds because the canary birds need more oxygen. And when the oxygen levels would become really low, the birds would die. So the workers would know that they have to get out. And highly sensitive people, we're the canaries. We can detect <laughs> shit before it happens. So if you, like I'm saying, if you want, you know, to have a successful organization, have highly sensitive people there because they can pick up on things intuitively before they happen. And, uh, and we also tend to, uh, the, the other aspect would be a more peaceful and loving planet, right? Is that we tend to lead with more compassion and more empathy because we, we see the potential in people, right? So I think if we start to get more HSP leaders, global leaders, I think this world will be a lot better off, in my opinion, because we need more compassion and love on this planet. And not just all, I know we can't just lead with compassion and love all the time. But it's we need more balance, I think, in this planet. Balance, exactly. Could not agree more. Yeah. Okay, heightened activity in the insula region of the brain. They call this region of the brain the seat of consciousness. Do you know much about this? Not much. Okay. I'd love to hear more. Yeah, I did a little bit of research. I'm not definitely not a neuroscientist by any means, but I did a little bit of digging. Um, and the insula region of the brain is the seat of consciousness. It's involved in pain, love, emotion, craving, addiction, enjoyment of music, these sorts of things. Um, it facilitates our concept of self-awareness, uh, it, the awareness of our bodies and the emotions and how they interact to create our perception of the present moment. And it's involved in many important activities of the central nervous system. And they say that the ins- insula region of the brain is a lot more hyperactive in highly sensitive people. So we have um, tend to have a lot more self-awareness where we have more, a lot of awareness of what's going on around us. We have a lot more access to present moment awareness and there's some, not a large body of research, but there's some bodies of research around showing that this is, uh, this is some, it's valid, but again, the research is not, um, not as, I guess, deep as, as, as it could be. That's what they were saying. So that mm-hmm. when you say that, it makes me think like, well, that's such a superpower right there. That's like, so much access to information and it makes a ton of sense like from my own experience like I think of times I've like gone to a therapist or something and I'm able to kind of quickly reflect reflect very in detail about my experience to the point where they're like oh wow like you already kind of like had made that connection or whatever Um, I mean and of course like meditation and things like that help I think tap into that further which I think also backs up what we were saying, like having that spiritual practice, like we already have the capacity, it sounds like to really 
tap in deep and in meaningful ways. Um, but yeah, that's definitely really cool. I love hearing that information. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. We learn faster from our mistakes. That is, yeah, that feels right for sure. I think probably goes hand in hand with the like self-awareness too, and being able to see our, our place in things and, um, you know, how we contributed to a situation and, and wanting to learn from it. I think a lot of HSPs tend to be pretty conscientious too, and like want to do the right thing. So I think that all kind of contributes for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. We have a rich inner life. Yes. Um, that's a fun one. When I was a kid, I always was like uh, writing books and things like that. And I just wrote these like crazy stories with illustrations and stuff like that. And I could just stay entertained forever. Like I always think now, like when people tell me they're bored, I'm like, how are you bored? Like I'm never bored. Like there's always something to, <laughs> going on. Like it, yeah. it, I just can't comprehend. So yeah, yeah, it's just very rich. There's a lot happening at all times, but it's it's kind of fun when you rein it in and you're focusing on things that feel good and stuff like that. So yeah. 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 Boredom would be nice actually. Like once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> like what is that? <laughs> yeah. 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 Rich inner life for me. It's um, yeah. My connection to my imagination is very, very powerful. Um, like I can actually create an experience through my imagination and it can become so visceral that I can actually sometimes even traumatize myself by just thinking about an experience or um, yeah, it's, it's so powerful. So it's like, I'm, I'm learning now actually to use that to practice emotion regulation. So I'll think of something happening that would incite a very strong emotional response. And I can actually bring that emotional response into my body just from thinking about um, this experience. And then I can practice working with that emotion without actually having to have somebody else or some sort of external stimuli bring up that emotion in me. Um, so yeah, it's very powerful what, how we can, we, we can use our imagination for, yeah, to create suffering or to create bliss. If you choose the, the, the path you want to take with your imagination, right? Yeah, definitely. That's amazing. That's really, I love that you're doing that. That's so cool. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's neat. Um, we're great listeners. Yes. Definitely. I think it goes like in relation to people feeling comfortable to like open up to us really quickly or easily. I think it's like they can, we are good listeners. We actually, yeah, take the time to listen and care about what people are saying because we're empathetic. And I'm always listening like, oh, what could I say that might be helpful here or whatever. So yeah, yeah. it's yeah. very true. Uh, we have huge hearts. Yes. I'd say that's true. I, th <laughs> I think that's definitely one of our strengths. It's like wear our hearts on our sleeves and care yeah. a lot about everything. Yeah, exactly. It's beautiful. Uh, we enjoy alone time. A lot of people, I think, are afraid of alone time. And a lot of people do anything in their power to distract themselves from being with themselves. And I think for the most part, maybe this is a bit of a generalization because maybe not all HSPs are like this, but for, I think for the most part, most um, HSPs do enjoy their alone time because they need to recharge. Mm -hmm. We associate yeah. alone time with recharging and taking care of ourselves and feeling better. Whereas I think other people might look at it as loneliness or boredom. So it's just the association we create to alone aloneness. 
Yeah. Absolutely. And like with the like rich inner world too, it's like we're, we're alone, but like we can have so much fun or just like such a good experience with that too. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's definitely good for that, that like recharging. Cause like we're taking in so much stimulation all of the time, whether we like it or not. So we genuinely need that time to like get off, you know, get away from other people's energy, get back into our own energy. And like, I know at least like for me, like I live with my husband, so I don't have, and like during the pandemic, it's like not always getting as much alone time. Um, And I think that can be the case for a lot of HSPs too. You don't always get as much as you need. So it's like, I've found it important to carve that out. However, I can like taking a walk by myself or like a bath or whatever to get those pockets of it too. So important. Yeah, I agree. Um, Highly creative and expressive. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's funny, like, because I didn't start writing until a couple of years ago. And it was like, I was doing a corporate job, but not really getting to tap into my, my creative side. And once I started really just opened up the floodgates and uh, yeah, it's been enjoyable. Values and understands the feelings of others. Why would this be a benefit to a highly sensitive person? I think it allows us to really have more meaningful and deep relationships with people to actually value and care about their experience. Because a lot of times people can sense when people are being fake or are self-centered or whatever. And I think with highly sensitive people, it's like, we are not that way. Mm -hmm. And so we really can have those deep, meaningful, connected experiences with with others, which makes life more rich and wonderful and meaningful. Yeah, I agree. We make great lovers because we are loyal and care deeply. Love that. Yeah, I think my husband would agree with that too. He's Aww. not a highly sensitive person, but like he, that's one of the things he said in our wedding vows. It's like, you know, very just like a soft soul and somebody who just is like really loves deeply. And I just think that like with everything we're passionate and we care deeply. And like, so the, I think the people in our lives are lucky to have that because we're always going to be there. We're just like, we're, we're in it. We're invested. I think that's really unique and wonderful. Yeah, I agree. I almost like feel like I think I need to be in a long-term relationship at least with a partner who's also highly sensitive. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm yeah, but I feel like most of my partners haven't been highly sensitive And I feel like they have a hard time understanding like just my nature and it creates a lot of, you know, like it's almost like two separate worlds. So I don't know. I could, you know what? I could totally see that. Yeah. It's because it is a different experience. And like my husband um, is definitely like, well, I don't know. It's like, he's not a highly sensitive person, but like when it comes to like nature and like things like that, he's like in love with nature and like building birdhouses and like taking care of animals, which is like very sweet. So there is that like part that's like very soft. And for us, at least it's a very yin and yang relationship where it's like, he is just very much the masculine. I'm very much the feminine, but it's like such a balance. And I think what it comes to, what it, what has been, has worked well for us is me, teaching him about what it means to be a highly sensitive person, but then him actually being receptive to that and willing to learn about it. And like, he tells people like, Oh, my wife's a highly sensitive person, like writer. And he'll like point people out. I think they might be a highly sensitive person. So it's like very cute and sweet. Cause he's like very accepting of it. Yeah. Um, 
but you know, it is a different experience. And so I think it depends on the person too. Are they willing to learn and accept that? Or is it more like, no, you know, it, it, yeah. it definitely depends. Yeah. Yeah. What you described there, I could do, I could deal with that. <laughs> it sounds like there's <laughs> yeah. like compatibility there and there's understanding and empathy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's major. Exactly. Yeah. All right. The last one on my list, we can easily attune to others' needs. Yes. We often make excellent caretakers and we love to be there to make someone's experience better. Like I remember being a, a waitress in a, a restaurant and I, I was good at it and I loved it because I just loved to like help people have a good experience. Like I loved the like customer service thing, even though it was like hard at times, but yeah. Um, I think, yeah, we just have that ability. Yeah. I put an asterisk at the bottom of my list and I said, many of these have polar opposites. Um, hence why it's why optimism and gratitude are key to uh, be an, being a highly sensitive person who thrives because you could take any of these and you could add the pessimism into them and they could be horrible, right? Mm -hmm. So we need to constantly be reframing why this gift is a gift, right? And I just think that's really, really important. So I'm glad you added that in because exactly, it's all how you're framing it. And it's so important just seeing it as a positive because yeah. it really is. Is there any on anything that you feel that wasn't on that list that you wanted to add? I'm trying to think, and I really feel like they were almost like they were all covered. Like everything that I would have thought of, like, I feel like we went over them. Okay, like, yeah. yeah, I think that was very thorough. Good, <laughs> did yeah, good. I put a lot of, I put a lot of thought into it. So I'm glad that I covered a lot of the, the main points. Yeah. Do you want to take some time and tell the listeners a little bit about what you're doing and, and what you are offering the world because I just think you're you're showing up in such a beautiful way and you're such a gift to so many people and I want people to be able to access that gift and to be able to to take in all that you're about so why don't you share a bit about what you're doing oh thanks Matt yeah so I the main thing I'm working on is my highly sensitive membership so it's a community for highly sensitive people and it's basically the way I have it set up it's like a personal and spiritual growth journey for sensitive people. I think that we have to approach our personal and spiritual growth in a little bit different way because of our sensitive um, conditioning, like the things that have happened to us in our lives, like we just have different experiences. So in the membership, each month I offer an, a mini workshop. So members get EFT tapping videos, meditations. We do a monthly like uh, circle meetup on Zoom. And I think it's important for us to be in community with each other and share experiences. So we do that. We have guest expert sessions, um, journaling prompts, all of the things. It's just like a very robust community. And I'm like so proud of it. And the people in it are so beautiful. It's everyone who is committed to their growth and, and sees sensitivity or wants to see sensitivity from the lens that you and I went through today of like knowing that there's the hard parts of it, but wanting to look at the good parts of it. So that's what that community is. And it's, yeah, it's my, my work that I love. Um, oh, and I also do Reiki energy healing sessions and members get like a special discounted rate because I think doing that energy healing is like a very important part of the healing journey as an HSP and feeling really good in your body. So it's a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah. Lots of great stuff. Yeah. Join, join the, 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 the membership community because it sounds like there's a lot of beautiful things that are happening there. Um, and I will have all the links 
in the show notes. If you want to send me all the stuff that's important that you feel you want to share with everybody, that would be great. And I just came, I just thought of one last thing that's, a, that's awesome about being an HSP is the minority bonding. Because when you find another HSP and you're like, you're an HSP too, it's like amazing. And it immediately fosters connection, right? So when I felt your energy, I knew, well, obviously you say you're an HSP, but I knew that there was a connection. I knew immediately we had commonality and something to bond over. And I'm telling you, as soon as you start to own your, your highly sensitive nature, you start to attract other highly sensitive people. And you're just like, wow, this is amazing. These are the connections I've been waiting my whole life for. So yeah, that's a big one. I love that you say that. That's so important. That's such a great yeah. point because I think highly sensitive people are some of the best people out there. And it's so good to be with people who really get you, yeah. really care. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Okay. Well, um, I just wanted first off to say thank you so much for um, offering us almost an hour and a half of your time to come on and educate and spread the word of what makes us awesome as highly sensitive people. And just, yeah, really grateful for you, for your presence and how you're showing up in the world. So I'll leave it yeah. with that. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, this was a great experience. I felt like I could have chatted all day. Didn't even realize an hour and a half passed. So thank right? you so much for having me on and for everything that you do as well. Yeah, so thank grateful. You. Thank you. And for the listeners, thank you always for tuning in to the 30th episode of Inspired to be Authentic. Uh, if you are watching on YouTube, um, please let us know in the comments, like what is your favorite thing about being highly sensitive? Let's start to spread the word because I think we're, we're focusing too much on what sucks about being highly sensitive and there's so many beautiful things about it. So let us know in the comments below what is your favorite thing about being highly sensitive. And for people that are tuning in on your favorite podcast network, give me a thumbs up and a subscribe and continue to follow our journey and follow um, Alyssa's journey because we are both bringing some really cool stuff into this world and we want you to be a part of it. Thank you so much for joining me. If you like this podcast, please be sure to rate, subscribe, and share it with a friend who might need it. And I can't wait to chat with you next time. Sending you all the love. Talk soon.